Kia ora New Zealand, welcome to Sweet Chain Live. This is episode 37, and as you may have already guessed, for those of you watching um, tonight's episode, I'm not joined by Ben. Um, unfortunately, the uh, traffic in the greater Adelaide area has uh, proved to be uh, the, un the undoing um, of, of Ben's appearance tonight, so we'll make sure we get, get him back next week. Uh, fortunately, um, I've got Brady Cush with me, who's who's uh, joining me to help with tonight's show. Good evening, Brady. Uh, good evening, Matt. Welcome. Uh, thanks for having me back. It's great to have you back. Um, and it comes at quite an um, opportune moment, really, because we've got a great show tonight to talk about a few things. Um, first up, uh, we're going to be going through the hot scores um, from around the country. Daylight Savings uh, was last weekend. Lots of disc golf been played during the week, so that's uh, which is great to see, and some really good scores coming out. Um, we're then going to go through the tour policy that was recently um, released by uh, New Zealand Disc Golf. So this came yep. out earlier on in the week, uh, and you will have been emailed a copy. We're going to talk a little bit about that, get Brady's thoughts, and have a chat about what we think it might mean um, uh, for New Zealand Disc Golf going forwards. Um, we're then going to go for um, going to go through some uh, uh, rankings. Now, I spoke a, a few weeks ago about how the data analytics team here at uh, Sweet Chain Music had been busy um, uh, yeah. uh, going through um, and, and trying to create a New Zealand version of the UDIS world rankings. Um, well, we've got something to show you. So um, we're going to be doing that. Um, we're going to be doing some upcoming events or going through the upcoming events. Me and Brady are going to be giving our um, picks for uh, the fling. Uh, and um, Brady's also going to be doing Desert Island Disc Golf. With us. So um, yeah, so that's going to be that's going to be good, um, right? So we'll kick off with some hot scores starting down south um, with uh, in Invercargill. Um, it's Ethan Stout with a seventeen under par at uh, Queens Park uh, in Invercargill, which is just incredible. Very well done, Ethan. Uh, Tom McKay takes it out once again at Chingford with a nine under par. Uh, Queenstown Gardens. Perfect round at Queenstown Gardens. Um, Hemi Terfitu, Peter McKay, and Jack Bailey all hit 10 under par this week. Um, and up in the hills at Tucker Beach is Chris Dixon with the with the hot score of the round with seven under par. Um, Ely Point sees a new name uh, on the leaderboard. Uh, Flim Flam uh, with a seven under par. If you're Flim Flam, put your name on your UDIS account. Uh, Ogre Lismore <laughs> and it's Cooper Solis with an 11 under par. Um, very well done to um, Cooper in Wanaka. And across to Christchurch, uh, Jeremy Brockenshire and Willie Taratina uh, both hit a 12 under par round. Joseph Berry hits eight under par at Brooker Ave. A very good effort. And at Queen's Park Reserve, it's Paddy Caffel and Bryn Hill who hit seven under par. Brady, do you want to take us through the north? I can, though I do want to give a quick shout out. Uh, congratulations to Andy Clune for winning the Redstone Rampage that just happened, uh, part of the Annihilation Disc Golf in Nelson. Uh, congratulations, Andy. Uh, yeah, but yeah, let's uh, let's bring us up to the capital. Um, we have in Barrenpore, uh, we have Dylan Johnson with a minus six on the short tees. Uh, taking us over to Petoni and Hakoikoi, we have Dean Rawity um, at a minus one. Um, I watched the round itself. What a hot, what a heater. Uh, five down, including one bogey. Mitch at Harcourt Park. Mitch Hudson takes a minus five uh, for the hot score. Congratulations, Mitch. Uh, let's go up to Palmy, uh, the, <laughs> the, the little village that could. Uh, Brock Fraser, Team Sweet Chain, uh, comes in minus four this week. Congratulations, Brock. Uh, keep heading up the country. Let's head to Lakeside. Let's go to Spa Park, um, the red course. We got Steve Lawson with a plus two. Um, keep going up the country. Let's head to Flaxmere Park in Hastings. Uh, fellow American Anthony Rogers coming in hot at a minus four. Congratulations, Anthony. Uh, going across the country over to the Naki. Uh, we got Connor McKinstry, uh, Discmania, uh, one in 10 comes in at minus three. Congratulations, Connor. Uh, and then finally up the country in McLaren Falls, uh, Brad Taylor throws an even round at McLaren's. Um, big shout out to all the disc golfers. If you're watching in Auckland, thank you for doing the hard yards for us. I know you want to get back out to the course. Level two is coming. Hopefully, guys, uh, hang in there. Uh, disc golf will be here when you guys get back. So uh, thank you to all the disc golfers doing the hard yards up there. 
Totally. Um, what I noticed when compiling those uh, hot scores for this round is just how many more hot scores there were, how many more players there were on the leaderboards on UDISC, especially uh, um, in and around the capital and down south. It's really, really good to see. Um, and we expect more of that as the weather hopefully gets better um, as spring continues. Now, there have been some... Um, PGA uh, leagues going on um, around the country this week. So the Struggle Street meltdown, Morgan Hartfeld hits a 944 rated four Woo! under par uh, to take out the win this week. And in Berenpore, the uh, first week of the B200 um, <sighs> in the hills in Wellington, um, Andy Davey hits a 957 rated six under par, beating Brady Cush by a shot. Uh, so yep. very well done. Uh, it was also the start of the Wellington Ladies League um, on Tuesday night. Um, just gone. Um, and uh, we had 11 players turn out. Really, really good fun. And uh, Liz Mocker took out the win. So um, well done to Liz. Uh, that's every Tuesday um, at Patoni for now. We'll move uh, around the city as the as the season progresses. So uh, uh, join the Wellington um, Ladies Disc Golf Facebook group if you want to know more about that. Yeah, now. and also a big shout out to everyone in the capital who came out last weekend to Te Upico. Um, that's where mm, Mitch's hot round great. for Harker Park came from. We had 40 competitors, so we had 40 club members out there. Uh, Upper Hut, uh, congratulations to them, uh, Team mm. Upico. Uh, they won, uh, so home field advantage secured. Uh, so, yeah, congratulations and thanks, everyone, from the Greater Wellington Disc Golf Club who came out to join us on Saturday. Yeah, and, and that trophy, like, it's always been won by the home team, right? So Wellington won it when it was at Barrenport. Yep, yeah, City Hutt won. Lower yep. Hut won it. Timakaru in uh, won it when it was in Tony and uh, Upper Hut just won it now in um, at Harkle Park. So you'll be looking forward to the next leg, which is in Barrenport, um later yep. on, probably early next year, I think. Yep, Jan probably, yep. Right, um, let's uh, move on now. Um, now... Earlier on this week, on uh, when was it, the 28th, that was Tuesday, um, New Zealand Disc Golf emailed everybody and said, hey, there's a new tour policy that's been released. Now, I understand that this was um, sent out to um, a, a few people around um, around the country prior to Tuesday to get thoughts and feedback before being, uh, before being released. Um, and there's a Zoom call that's been arranged uh, for the 6th of October, which is next Wednesday. Uh, I'd encourage you, the details are in the email, I'd encourage you to, um, uh, to to join that Zoom call if you've got any questions. But before you um, sort of turn off from this, we're going to uh, have a little chat and uh, try and pick apart some of the things that we think um, are, are some of the key changes um, or the key not changes that have happened um, to the policy. So, um, Brady, where do you want to start? Oh, geez. Um, um, do, you, do you want me to start off? Yeah, I'll, go I'll, ahead. I'll, yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot for me to pick out. So, yeah, you can pick the first okay. topic. Okay. The, the, the first thing that jumps out to me is, and I'm, I'll go through this in kind of the order of the policy, if you like, is point one point two, where it talks about the differentiation between majors, regular tour events, and minors. Um and the number of points that are available for them. Now, I understand that this might have been uh, legacy creeping in somewhat, and it certainly looks that way with um, majors gaining 60 points, regular events 50, and, and minors 40. My, 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 my issue with it is I think this was an opportunity to kind of say, these are our majors, and these are really important, and because they're really important, we're going to give way more points to them. And these are our minors designed to... Um, attract people who are relatively new to the tour, to the tour, and to dissuade perhaps people from um, people who might be tour veterans and up the top of the, the leaderboard from attending those events, leaving space in those minor events for less experienced players to come through, have the minor events be worth a lot fewer points. For me, the difference between a major and a minor is too close. Right, so sixty points for a major, two thirds of those points you can get that in a minor. You know what I mean? And and so I, I'm I, that's that's I got a I got a I had a bit of a thing there. I thought mm, they they probably missed a trick here. And and I'll, I'll use the Disc Golf Pro Tour as an example. The Silver Series, which you could see as the uh, equivalent to the the minors, if you like, is worth a quarter of the points that are the Elite Series is. Um, which I, uh, which I think reflect, reflects some of the differences. Uh, so, right, but I, I have to stop you there. So, like, the idea of um, 
majors at the at the moment for because uh spoiler alert for those of you who don't know yeah yeah um the national tour has come to an end Mm -hmm. um so the the pdga national tour in the united states Mm -hmm. has come to an end um going forward the professional side of the pdga will be governed by the disc golf pro tour um so because basically how it was run in the past was the idea that a major was run by the PDGA. So things like the USDGC, uh, Worlds, uh, the Memorial used to be, uh, the Masters Cup, the Tim Skalinski Masters Championship, stuff like that, uh, was all run by the PDGA. So there's your majors. And Mm -hmm. they came with the prestige and typically the payouts until the Pro Tour came along. Um, Silver Series are actually, as far as my understanding of them are, is not actually a minor. There would just be your regular, like a regular event. So like a 50 point event, New Zealand wise. Okay. So So the idea of, so, right. So you're even saying that a major, what's now the disc golf pro tour event should be a 60, but the idea that 40%. So like the idea of that would be a major being worth in New Zealand anyway, 80 points. And then a regular tour event be worth 20. Yeah. So the numbers, I don't care what the numbers are, right? You could put a thousand points on one of them. You just want them to be bigger? Like it's the difference between it's the difference in the number of points you can get for a minor compared to a regular event compared to a major. I think they're too close together, they're too compact. Um, and I don't think that differentiates the majors enough um for what they should be, which is which is which is far more prestigious. And if you win a major, then you should have you should you should gain a lot more points than simply 10 more points than someone winning a, a, a regular event. Um, yep. Well, I, I love that we both take issue no. at this point for two very different reasons. <laughs> so the idea of, cause I, I'm not a huge fan of this point, but for the other side of it. So I do, I, I love the fact that, so like one coming from a TD, you know, like I have a little bit like different experience and also the idea of, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know or not, Matt, like I served, on the New Zealand board of directors for five years, including a year and a half of that being the tour director. Um, It was like my first role on the board. Um, So like a lot of this stuff I'm quite familiar with from the NZDG side of things. So it's really interesting to hear that you think that they've overlooked the points. It's like, Hey guys, if you're updating the policy, just go all in. Mm. Um, I found it really interesting on the other side of this, in order to get points and in order to be awarded like a major, like mm-hmm. as a TD, you know, like there are now hole requirements that, you know, you have to play a certain amount of, of holes throughout the weekend. Right. Also, That's the right. course has to be so long and the course has to have a, a certain type of tee pad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea of the kind of like threshold to get in has gotten much higher. And so like the idea of, clubs that you know say like nelson you know like i think that they've done absolutely incredible things and i would love to see a major or you know like even a regular 50 point event held in nelson you know Mm. like but our td is now going to be held back because that kind of bar to get in is too high or like you said you know like oh well we want to come in it's like oh well you can have a minor point and so nelson's kind of like well why are we going to go through all of this effort just to get, you know, like for 40 points, you know, like no one's going to come to one of those. Well, the, 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 as far as I could read it, the TPAD requirements were only for, for, for the majors. Correct. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so the, with the idea being, I mean, I think to be, uh, to be fair that, I mean, it's a bit of a shame. It's going to rule places like paradise out for, for, for running majors um, in the future. And it's going to rule a few, few other courses up and down the country out um, from running, um, from running majors. Um, and so what it's going to do is it's going to reduce that, that, that size of courses. Now, of course, new courses will be built and existing courses will be upgraded, but that takes time. It takes money and that's not there now. I, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm not sure about that point. I, I, I don't, I don't really know. I, yeah, I'm not sure about that point. Yeah. Well, um, and one of the big things for me too, and mm-hmm. I really want to premise this entire conversation for, from me and from my standpoint anyway, is start with start where you are with what you have and as a whole this document is moving in the right direction and i really want to stress that 
you know, like that New Zealand disc golf has finally said, Hey, look, it's about time. We caught up with the rest of the disc golf world. And I think that as a whole, that's what this document does. They're like, look, it's time for a change. It's time to move us in the direction that disc golf is going. It's time that we caught up. Um, and so I really think that this is a move in the, in the right direction, but I, I think they may have gone a little too quickly with some of the points. Uh, one of the other points for me that kind of stuck out was um, points. The, the season now starts June 1st, I think, and runs till May 30th, yeah. Um, yeah. June, May 31st. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is fantastic. You know, like if you think about it in the States, it's run from January to December, i.e., you know, like kind of the middle of the winter to middle of the winter. So, yeah, yeah. you know, like most of the tournaments take place over summer. Yep. Agree with it. So, Agreed. okay, let's let's kind of match that in New Zealand, but we're a Southern Hemisphere, mm-hmm. so let's kind of change our dates, which is great. Mm-hmm. But it's currently September, almost October. October is what, tomorrow? So that mm-hmm. idea of we're nine months into the year, but they're kind of retroactively pulling in this year's scores. So people, sorry, Aucklanders, like, thank you for doing the hard yards. But by the way, like, you're going to be screwed over points wise because you can't play at the end of the year due to COVID. You know, like, it's kind of strange that nine months in or even three hmm. months into the season, they're saying, oh, we're going to start taking points now. In fact, we've been taking yeah. points for three months. You just didn't know. Yeah. So this is an interesting one because I, I took the they're going to start and have like a season that's going to go 21, 22 um, and events from June will count towards the 21, 22 events. My yep. understanding from what I could read was that the 2021 season will still play out um, as if it would anyway. Right. So the, the, you're, we're going to get to Wahitapu or whatever the last event is and whoever's got the yep. most points, they'll be the 2021 champion. And then in yep. May we'll crown a 2021, 22 champion who will, where you'll disregard all their results from before June and you'll take in their results from the first part of 2022 and and that becomes a separate season. Um, so that's the way I read it anyway. And I think that's right. Um, I guess- No, and, and you're totally right. And it's one of those, to be honest, I've seen the same transition happen in Australia. So like yeah. being privy to and trying to play in as many Australian championships as I can, um, the idea of they did the same thing. And so, but they premised it with, it was, I believe, three months before their national. So typically, which Mm -hmm. is held in November every year, you know, like, I think it was like May, June, they're like, hey, guys, we're going to change the season. So, you know, this year's nationals that's coming up in three months from now is actually going to not only be the end of this season, but it's also going to be the start of the next season. So the idea of you can kind of prep and know, one, I, I need to attend this event, and two, I need to perform well because it's going to be used in both seasons, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, and so the so idea- that, Sorry, so yeah. that, that means that the North Island Champs coming up at the end of October counts for two seasons. So that major yes. will count in the 2021 season and in the 2021-22 season. Uh, so also presuming it goes ahead. Uh, y- oh, yes. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, assuming, it, I'm assuming it will. Um so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it is I, in, in both events. There was nothing in the tour policy which said it wasn't. So I'm just, I'm just going based on, yep. based on what I've read there. Um, but generally, I agree with the, um, with the June to May season timing. I think long term, it's good. It's the right thing to do. It's unfortunate that, you know, you either have to disregard six months or count six months twice. That's just what you've got to do if you're going to make yeah. this change. Oh, right? yeah. What you can do I just kind of wish we had a little um, bit more heads up. That's all. Yeah. I, I think the issue with that is that Roberts joined the board in May um, and, you know, it it takes some time to, you know, you can't just kind of come in on day one and go. Boom, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. you, you got to um, calibrate, and, you got to catch up and meet each and, other. Oh, yeah. That's right. And so, <laughs> and, and so, it you know, to a degree, it's, you know, he's, he's on a one year term, which is the constitution for the New Zealand Disc Golf Board. So it's yep. not like you can kind of go, all right, I've got some time to build something here. If he wants to make an impact, it's got to be now. Got to do it. And so that might mean that there's some timing issues which which might otherwise not have, not have been involved. Um, yeah. Um, one of the things I do want to bring up, because uh, it's come up a couple times, thanks, Morgan, for bringing it up. Um, Morgan's mm-hmm. a TD. Uh, Morgan Hartfeld's been on the show before, uh, so he's brought up. Uh, Matt, I don't know if you can bring it up. Again, he doesn't really see the appeal for a minor. Um uh, I was on the board actually when minors came into play. Um, and so the idea of 
the the Nelson pop up series is a great example of of why miners should should be in play and where they could be used. So that mm -hmm. idea of and I know it was a fifty point event, um, which I think is great. Um, let's get more on on the tour. You know, a lot has been canceled and moved around yeah. because of COVID. But the idea of like for TDs, um, like myself, you know, like if you want to run a one day event, you know, like the Charteris Bay Charge that just happened this past weekend would have been a great example of you know like. Don't get me wrong. Dave Rose runs great events. Um, the Charters Bay Charge went incredibly well from everything that I've heard. I can't wait for coverage. Mm -hmm. But the idea of, oh, look, here's a one-day event. Here's a perfect way to have a minor. You know, like, And I think, Matt, you bring up a great point of if we worked out points better, minors could actually factor in if we had a bunch of small ones. You know, like things like yeah. – uh, uh, the Fjordland Fortune, things like the Roxboro, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, Morgan, I know that you run that. I know that you don't run it on the tour, um, but, you know, like the idea of this, this kind of like a one day series would be like a great example of hosting a minor also just for new tours. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, shout out to Robert Cranston's like stepped up and ran his first tournament was not a minor, like was not a one day. He ran the Tucker beach rush. Like talk about throwing yourself in the deep end. Like, thank mm. you for stepping up and like seeing what it is on the other side of the course. And I know he does a lot in the background anyway, but those are kind of great examples anyway, from my standpoint, Morgan, of like what miners are for. So they're to help kind of grow the game and like to grow TDs and like that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah. I don't necessarily think, I think that's why they're in place though. I don't, like you said, I don't see them being used like that. Um, uh, Tim Aru would be another great example. Um, uh, and the like Caroline Bay and that kind of stuff would have been a, a nice kind of potential way to use a minor um, or like a minor event to bring them in. But yeah, Matt, I think you bring up a good point and Morgan, you bring up a good point as well is that they either need more weight or less weight or need to be used appropriately. And right now they're just kind of living in limbo. So not many people use them or are interested in them. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that there's, there's, you know, if you want to run a, run an event that doesn't have an MPO division, if you want to run an event that is, um, that is going to be aimed towards um, AMS, then the miners the way to go. You know, um, what I thought was interesting, and I'm, I'm prepared to be corrected on this, is where it says in the sanctioning requirements. Yep. Um, what about it? I, uh, so the sanctioning requirements to me looked like a set of requirements, um, not and there wasn't anything in there which says, and New Zealand Disc Golf will decide whether it's on the tour or not, which suggests that if you meet the requirements, you're on the tour. Um, and there shouldn't be a reason why they should deny you entry to the tour because there's not a thing which says we also will have a look just to check that it's not overloading or in the wrong part of the country or that we don't want to just do it because it'll be, you know, what's the, what, there is a minimum number of players for miners, I, I think, that has been introduced. Um, minimum 30 players required. Um, you know, I, it, I, I think there, if you wanted to, I, I would I would have expected the tour or New Zealand Disc Golf to have some um, kind of stopgate, if you like, in place to be able to regulate what events are made on uh, uh, reach reach the tour. Um, but I 100% agree with that. I 100% think that somewhere in this document, because it doesn't currently exist on the document, needs to be. And I guess I should probably attend this Zoom call next week. Mm. Um, accountability you know like there's the idea of it talks about in the last section there if any of you is listening or have have read that you know it talks about the review of you know like there's a complaint section you know like if someone brings up an issue with the td and that kind of stuff you know like but i've been a td i've been a td at tour two events in the past where there's been really big like heated discrepancies that went on um one has been a, an Isengard Invitational. Another one has been uh, uh, one of the Christchurch Flings that I helped Dave run. Um, I'm just going to just mention those. If you were there, you were there. Like, if you know, you know. Um, but, yeah, I definitely think that accountability uh, needs to be somewhere as a piece of this. You know, like, and Matt, I think that's a great point to bring up of where's the stopgap? Where's the oh, hey, look, it actually needs to be approved. Like you said, like we brought up before with the Disc Golf Pro Tour, you need to make it as a Silver Series event. 
and you need to run that silver series event successfully for two years before they'll even think about adding you to the pro tour. Um, you know, like there are some events in the States I know of that have currently been a silver series for like two, three, even four years. And it right. haven't made it to the pro tour yet because they have standards and a gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, kind of stuff to, to think about going forward. Yeah. Cause uh, Did- how, it, how it is at the moment, I think with a few changes, Hosker would qualify as a, as a minor, right? And Oh yeah. hundred percent. It's a casual event. We run it on a Saturday morning and by 1230, yeah. boom, you've got yourself 40 points and that doesn't seem right. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think there should well, be. Some I was going to say, hey, do we, uh, the next I mean, tape is my own event, but like, yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's not, not uh, like, designed to be that like that, you know? Yeah. Well, hey, hey, Matt, like at the same point, like, should we just make Teupico a 40 point event next time? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's why not? It. Anyone in Wellington, by the way, it's going to be a minor event because uh, we meet yeah. the requirements. Yeah, get yourself 40 points. <laughs> um, don't quote me on that, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree. Right. So there's there's a there's a point on uh, separated divisions, right? So yeah. finally, if you play Masters, you gain points for your Masters, and if you play Open, then you gain points against your Open score. Finally. Um, Wait, are you saying Simon Feasy right? can't win every division? Finally. But correct. So you whatever <gasps> you play in. That's the division that you gain points in, and doesn't matter what how old how old you are, or um, you know whether you're a um, um, male or female. It's whatever division you play in is the one that you gain points in, which is the right thing to do. So well done to um, to doing that. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah, agree. Uh, anybody, anybody who doesn't agree with that, well, I, I don't know what you're doing to be honest. Um, John, uh, not. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tea pads. Now, this is the other thing which, and you you touched on it earlier. I'm yeah. going to go through what the event standards are because there are they have put in uh, event standards here, which is which is which is fair. It you you know people should um, have an expectation when turning up to a major event. Excuse me, that um, the uh, facilities will be of a certain standard, and I think that's that's right. Um, so let's just go through the major event standards on top of the previous points, which apply to, to, to all of them. Earthen, so grass and bare ground and gravel tee pads are not allowed for use at major events. So um, what this, what it, I, my issue with this is it tells you what you can't do rather than what you can do, right? So, so presumably, so concrete's fine. Um, uh, how about that kind of uh, astroturf stuff that's at Inglewood? Presumably, that's okay. What about no? The that, mat- that won't be. It's earthen. It's oh, grass. It? Yeah, it's yeah, grass. It's, it's not, it's grass not real grass. It's not real grass. It's like yes, it is astro grass. No, it's real grass. It's grass mat. So it's little hexes. It's little hex mats that allows the grass to go through, but it doesn't oh. get eaten up because the mat's in place. So okay, Inglewood's what about, out. What about the Tarong is out. Need- what about the mats that they use at the fling, for example, where it's like a, like a piece of carpet, essentially? I mean, I presume that counts. It's not earthen. Yep. So something like that would be fine. Yep. Um, Fling's fine. So it means Hayden and Simon and their like AstroTurf little like rolls that they stick down on top of like six inch deep grass. That counts, I guess. Yeah. Oh, but they're so, not level. I think that's one of the points here, too. Yeah, uh, so the- it has to be level like front to back and left to right and stuff. That's right. So it does need to be um, that. That's that's actually not a requirement of um, uh, the majors. That's a requirement for all tour events. Uh right. So tier. So that's a tour event standard. Major, minor, right. whatever. Right. It's tier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No protruding rocks. No roots. So that means Rotorua is out. Um, uh, it means the fling in Vic Park is out. Um, Oh, there's that. My other favorite one too is the the OB lines. It can't be grass anymore. So sorry, Southern Smash. Looks like you're not coming back on tour. Golf greens don't count anymore. You have to spray paint it. And I'm going to guess the golf course is going to take issue with having to spray paint lines on the course. Well, um, the, the or you can probably to... use string. They, yeah, but what yeah, about string Middle, Earth? Okay. Middle Earth would be the same, wouldn't it? Yeah, That's yeah. Kind of oh, well, we are already out because we have grass tee pads. So, oh, okay. like, yeah. tee pads yeah, so, are out, can't spray paint the OBs, so we're out. Yeah, Middle Earth is so, never going to be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
there's another there's another major um, requirement here is that major events must use PDGA approved championship targets of the same design and manufacturer. Now, there Rain. are many there are many that exist around the country. However, the only PDGA approved basket that you can readily get in New Zealand is the Helix from RPM, right? The uh, this mate yeah. is not PDGA approved. So, um, oh. so it's the so with that in mind, the Discmate is unsuitable for use at B tiers, A tiers. Um, it can be used at C tiers because you don't need to use a championship basket, championship level basket um, at a C yep. tier. But at B tiers, you do. Um, and uh, and so what's going to happen? Um, hopefully, um, RPM or another manufacturer or even another retailer perhaps um, comes in and makes other baskets available that um, that 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 can be that can be put in and can be um, can be made available um so that uh so that these courses can can other courses can run majors because i think at the moment from what we've seen and all right tongue in cheek a little bit um <laughs> there there have been a few uh the, the the number of courses that can hold majors is slowly slowly reducing um to a kind of very small pot at the moment um <laughs> Uh, if you're, uh, are you reading the comment section at all? Um, I'm, I'm really I'm, firing up the South Island. Uh, Bray's <laughs> comment, uh, Southern Smash is going to set the standard. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and then, yeah, also, yeah. So Bray, looking forward to that one. Um, mm -hmm. Love to see video of it as well. Um, you should bring down the Flexline crew. Uh, they're dope. Um, I'm actually really hoping to get to that. Can you bring up Johnny Ferraris as well? Uh, Johnny's is really good. Yeah. Uh, no, it's dope. Uh, I, I know in here, I've yet to be to the smash. I hear that you guys put on an absolutely great event. You know, like I'm only talking mm -hmm. from personal experience of what I've dealt with, with middle earth, um, and at the, the course here, uh, in, in Barrenport, um, and, and in Wellington, you know what I mean? And what I've seen in Inglewood. Um, so, you know, like, I don't know the relationship and like what you guys are doing. I know you guys put on a great event. I know that you guys set a very high standard that I think the rest of the country can follow. So I'm looking forward to seeing how you guys meet uh, these standards going forward. Um, yeah, so yeah, no, look, this is not no, a knock on disc golf South or Invercargill or anything like that. I'm just no, kind no, of bringing up examples um, that yeah. may come up uh, and be good for other TDs looking to host events. Um, so, so that's a lot of what's included in the um, in the in the document. Um, it talks a little bit about player classifications and the way that the scoring works, which I haven't done any investigation in. I presume it works very similar to how it works now. I don't see why. Oh, it's the exact that, same. Yeah, given that they're not going to change the the, uh, the the points, I don't see why the calculation should change. Whether the calculation is right or not, I don't know. I've not had a look. I've not analysed it, um, and I ought to pass it on to my data analytics team to do some more. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, they can probably help you out with that, Matt. They can probably can. So, um, so is, is there anything else you want to bring up about the uh, about the the tour policy at all? No, I I think that covers covers a lot of them. Um, I'm really interested to see uh, what kind of feedback I hear. Like Roberts is coming mm -hmm. on in a couple of weeks, isn't he? That's right. So um, there's a couple of things going forward on this. One, there's a Zoom call next week. Um, the link for the Zoom call is in the email that you will have received if you were a, if you are an NZDG member. If you're not a member and you want to attend the Zoom call, then uh, join NZDG. There's monthly membership available, and you'll be sent the Zoom call link. Um, if not, then go around the house of someone who's watching or get them to email it to you or whatever. Um, next uh, is on the 14th of October, so not next week, but the week after. Uh, Roberts will be joining us on the show, um, and we'll be talking to him a little bit more about the tour policy and how he how how he's got to the position that it's in now um uh, and so if you've got any questions uh that are go unanswered following the zoom call um then i think that that's a that's a good time to to put them to him and, and hopefully um by that time we'll have some clarification on some of the stuff that we've talked about and maybe some uh you know i i, I don't know if there'll be any changes i, I doubt it but um i you know we'll, we'll certainly be able to get some clarification or some some additional info so we'll look forward to that um, right, but that's so. In terms of the tour policy, that's it for now. We'll come back to it in a couple of uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Um, it's quite important. Um, it kind of you know it's, it's one of the biggest things that NZDG have done that I've seen in my disc golf New Zealand disc golf career. Um, so you know, 
as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's relatively big. Um, next up, <laughs> um, we're going to be talking about, um, let's go to the rankings. Now, I'm really excited about this. Oh, yeah, are... you did. Uh, yeah, show us. Your data team came up with some pretty fun graphics, so didn't they, Matt? My, my, my data analytics team here at Sweet Chain Music has been working overdrive to, uh, to, to, to get me something that I can show you today. So just to give you a little bit of a background to what we've been trying to do here, um, you will have you may have noticed that about, I want to say June, June, July time, um, Udisc pu uh, published uh, their world rankings. Now, their world rankings are slightly different to the PDGA rating. It's not related to the PDGA rating, but it gives a up-to-date um, it gives an up-to-date uh, indication of who the best players in the world are at any one point, irrespective of the tournaments that they play in or against one another, right? So the idea that the Europeans are involved in the um, in, in the rankings, and you see uh, many of the Estonian women um, who are um, in the in the in the top ten are in the FPO division, um, and there's one or two in the in the in the, in the top fifty in the in the MPO division too. Um, and the idea is that after each event, things change because players beat other players, etc. Um, and it also helps to help to give some degree of prediction towards um, what's going to happen um, for uh, an, a, a, a matchup, if you like, and works in a similar way to um, how chess rankings work. Now, if you don't know chess rankings, um, you 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 start on fifteen hundred, and as you play different players and win or lose to them depending on what their ranking is yours goes up by an amount that's relative to how good the person is that you beat or lost to right so if you beat someone who's really good your ranking will go up by heaps if you lose to somebody who's only just worse than you your ranking will go down by only a little bit um and this is based on that obviously it's a many-to-many -many relationship with disc golf rather than a one-to-one -one matchup that you find in chess so it's slightly different um but what udisc very kindly did is they published to the world and for free um the formulas um, about what it was. And the data analytics team here took the formulas, um, uh, unpacked them all, uh, and, and and applied it to New Zealand Disc Golf and were able to to come up with some some funky um, visualizations, which, um, which I'm going to show you shortly. A um, couple of things. Uh, in terms of accuracy, um, the way that the US UDISC ones work they achieve an accuracy rate of about um 70 low low 70 percent okay in terms of their predictions of the top half finishes and the um and the top 10 um and actually that's one thing i will say bray um <laughs> indeed um if, if yeah i was gonna say nerd alert nerd <laughs> alert <laughs> if, if anybody is interested in wanting to know the, the algorithms and the mathematics that go into feeding the visualizations that we'll come to in a moment. If I get enough um, kind of take up and interest, then I may run a, uh, a little Zoom call to run through it for people if, uh, if you're Can so Can we have inclined. your data analytics team on the show? <laughs> I shall I shall have to ask the the head of the data team to see okay. if uh, to see if there's someone who could come along and represent. Yes, indeed. Okay, now that'd be um, great. I think Bray would love that. <laughs> right. Um, let's okay. see if we can. Get... Where, let's see them. Where are the visuals? Show me these. Right. We're gonna start. We're gonna start with FPO. Okay. We're gonna start with FPO. So what you can see on the screen now is. Um, let's go all the way back. Yeah, um, I was gonna say start we, at the beginning. Okay. Yeah, what you can see now is these are the these are the uh, the dominance indexes is what they're called. The relative dominance of each player at a particular point in time compared to the rest of the players that are involved. Right. So as you can see here, it's early 2019. Hel Haley's overtaken Gemma. Uh, Liana's in there, and Liana will pop ahead of Gemma shortly. Um, and then lots of other players are, are, are mingling about as well. Now. There's obviously um, a lower number of there's a lower number of players to start with. I'll replay it. Um, there's a lower number of players to start with than there is at the end, and that's because to start with you would you, you have a smaller number of players with an un, a, the number of eligible events in order to qualify for it, right? So if you play one event, you're not going to appear on the rankings. You need to have played a few events in order to 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 a to appear on the rankings so that 
your um, dominance index is relatively more accurate. Now, the accuracy that I'm getting on FPO is about 80%. What that means is that in the FPO field, for any one event, my algorithm will predict with an 80% accuracy who will finish in the top 10% of the field, who will, who will win, and who will finish in the top half of the field, right? So with an 80% accuracy. So I think that's pretty good. For, for FPO, that's pretty good. And you can see there, that's the rankings currently as they are. So Haley's got a lead over Liana, over Gemma, um, and over Michelle. And then Team Sweet Chain's Liz Mocker um, in fifth there. And the length of those bars is their relative dominance to everybody else. So the number, you know, how high that bar is in terms of numbers doesn't really matter. It's it's really how, which is why there isn't a scale. It, it's really how big it is in comparison to, to, to the other players. And every time there's an event, every time somebody um, places above somebody else or not, their rating, their, their dominance index changes to the rate of whoever they beat. Okay, so if going into um, going into a tournament, you beat the person who's rated, who's got the highest dominance index, your rating will shoot up. Um, it may not overtake them, but it may. It, it's certainly going to. It's certainly going to get there. Okay. Now, well, I just like let's point out that this graph started with three names. Yeah, right. This graph now is that... now in FBO. Is it twenty names? It's yeah. quadrupled. It's nearly seven times bigger. Like yeah, now you talked yourself about the largest women's event held in Wellington mm -hmm. uh, for the women's mm -hmm. global event. Like this is insane. And that's in what, five years? Yeah. So so there's a there's a little asterisk to by, by that to say that I haven't included data from prior to 2016. So anybody who's um, in 2015, who played in 2015 or, 20, or late 2014, um, won't and didn't play afterwards won't be included in these um, in in these uh, rankings. And the reason for that is that I had to draw a line somewhere, and I might one day go back in time and we'll, we'll add in <laughs> from I don't know whenever whenever time started. But I had to draw a line somewhere in 2016, five years ago, seemed like a reasonable place to to, to start from to give a fairly robust um, ranking right now. You know. Well, and it's, so, I, I guess for this graph, I'd love to point out, because I know that they're not going to be here in terms of dominance in, in, in play, but in dominance of attendance, I'd really like to shout out like Jenny Joint, uh, Robin Agnew, and Fiona Ming Menzies. Um, the mm -hmm. three of them have been stalwarts on this tour for years. I'm pretty sure yeah. Jenny Joint, ha her average is something like 9.7 events per year. She plays more yeah. tournaments than any other player in the country. Um, so totally. she may not be winning everything, but the idea that like her smiling face is always out there on tour is fascinating. So like a uh, big shout out to them too. So just because you're not on these ratings, you know, like, uh, yeah, don't, uh, and, yeah, and there's, there are other terms really, of dominance. That's a really good point because what this doesn't do is it doesn't take into account winning margins, right? So it doesn't take into account the fact that, for example, Jasper won on a playoff last week, um, at the charge, um, and it doesn't, or it doesn't take into account that, you know, for example, Andy won by like eight strokes or whatever at Middle Earth. All it says is he won and that's it, right? So it doesn't take into account the, the, the differences or the amount that somebody won over another person. It also doesn't take into account necessarily the number of events you've played, simply how well you placed in those events that you did play. And the third thing I'd say is that it's more of it's less of a reflection of what's happened in the past and more of a predictor of what's going to happen in the future. So with that in mind, it doesn't necessarily say this is the person who's the best. It says, given what we know from the past, this is the person with the with the algorithmic highest chance of winning in the future. OK, yeah, now, well, they, I was going to say, what does MPO look like then, Matt? Let's have a look at MPO, shall we? Let's go go along to there. Um, this is going to be so many colors. Uh, it, it, I've only I've limited it to the top twenty, but there's a lot of moving around. Um, okay. Um, right, we got that. Okay. Yeah. So do we need to like trigger warning? Like, don't watch because lots of lots <laughs> of colors, lots of bright yeah, lights and flashing. If you, if, if you if you are susceptible to epilepsy, you may want to skip the first sort of 10 seconds of this slide. So, um, but here we go, right? Um, so we start in 2016, 
Who are the dominant players in 2016 in New Zealand? You can probably name them. Um, Jackson and Simon are going to push out to a, to a big lead. Ben Willlake's uh, there. Blair Joins is there doing well. Hemi's there. Some regular names. Brady, your name's uh, still um, on the list there. And uh, along yes. with, um, a few others. As we go into 2018, we're starting to see some uh, more different names come in. But the stalwarts are still at the top. In a moment, David Keane's climbing up. Um, Morgan makes an appearance uh for, for a moment. Um, and Jackson takes the lead. Simon takes it back. This is the end of COVID years. This is the end of 2020. Um, and now we see Levi and the Stout Brothers making an appearance. They've, they, they've really come in and you can see, and then someone else is going to come in. and just, Like, who just the come. heck? Justin, just out of nowhere. Bam! That's right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this again um, from the beginning. There we go. Um, and we can see how how the rankings have changed uh, as time has gone on. Um, and so, yeah, there's some pretty regular names. As I said, if you if you played fewer than four tournaments in the previous forty, then you won't appear on the rankings. Which is why some people who are at the top, and you'll notice it in a minute when Damian Peters just drops off, because at some point, probably pretty soon. Um, he has played fewer than four events in there he goes he's played fewer than four events in the 40 prior to september of uh 2020 and so he drops out of the rankings yeah um, but it's that you get the same thing for for justin workman is that he didn't compete right. in four events and then when he finally hits his fourth bam comes in straight yes. at the top totally that's totally. such a cool graphic so i, I need um, this data analytics team like for my own stuff <laughs> Okay, so as you can see, uh, currently in the country, Justin Workman's ranked number one, shortly uh, followed by Jackson Sullivan. Then there's a bit of a gap. Now, the gap here is relative to predicting whether they're going to win is actually quite a big gap um, to Levi Stout in third. Then it's Simon and um, Ethan, uh, Mikey Yu, Andy Davey, Conor McKinstry and Andy Klune. Uh, Blair Joins is there. He's, he, he's he's staying around. And a lot of that is down to how well he plays. And, and, and if you... If uh, I, there's, a few, there's a few people on this list where I went, surely, surely that person's not in that position. And then I look back at their results and go, oh, do you know what they are? Because they finished like pretty high in this result in this event and and, and finished above a whole bunch of people. Um, and and so, yeah, that's 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 what it is there. You can see uh, Jasper van der Meer um, has climbed into the what top 12, 13 um, based on his victory at the charge. Um, so what we need to do is then how does this translate to what's coming up? Well, we, we may as well jump now into our... Yeah, I was going to say, should we predict the flame? flame? So, um, Wait a I'll second. Leave... <laughs> you don't have one of these little graphs for the fling, do you? I don't have one for the fling. Um, but what we can okay. do is we can work our way down the list and go who's playing in the fling and therefore work out who might do well. Right, so... Um, Brady, take us through um, your picks for the fling. Okay. I might just play the MPO one again, just uh, just to keep people entertained whilst we're rabbiting. Oh, uh, yeah, that's all right. Uh, so do you want to start with MPO then? Yep, start with MPO. Okay. Um, let's, like, in no particular order, um, I'll, I'll jump around a little bit with my predictions. Um, yep. Second place is going to be Levi Stout. Um, his form is looking great after lockdown. Mm. Um uh, he's been performing well all year. Uh, he's going to be second. Uh, let's go third is Mikey Yu. Um, I think he's still kind of like warming up. He normally comes hot late in the season. Um, he won't yeah. be quite hot enough this time. Fourth place. Um, I'm going to go Luca LaBelle. Um, he's coming off a good second place uh, performance in Nelson. He's going to have the distance for these courses. He typically performs well on longer courses. Um Fifth place to Ashton Clark, um, Discmania 1 in 10, shout out. Uh, I think he'll be mm -hmm. doing well in his home course. Um, and I think he'll be doing well from Chase Card. Big uh, honorable mentions to Willie Tiratna, uh, Mitch Hudson, um, and Zach Taylor, my other Discmania. I think they have a chance to be top five if they get in a hot round. But honestly, I, I got to say top spots going to Ethan Stout. He's coming back. He's hungry. He hasn't been playing much. If you've looked at any of the hot scores coming out of Queens Park, he just hit his yeah. PB at 17 under par, which is dope. And I think it included an ace. I'm not sure. Ethan, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. 
But yeah, um, Stout Brothers going one two, Ethan up top. Okay, so now the only the only difference I have from that top five, there's two differences actually that I've got. One is I've got Johnny Ferrari in fifth place, so I think that his his uh, very close second place in the charge um, is uh, is a, is, a, is a good bit of form to take into um, to take into the flame. I've got Ashton Clark off the back of a second place at uh, Redstone Rampage uh, coming in fourth. Mikey Yu um, in third. And I've got Ethan coming in second here. And I'm going for, a, again, a stout one and two. But I'm going for Levi to take out the win um, on this. So, um, And Morgan, I've just seen your comment. Let me come back to that. Um, <laughs> now, we're going to go, we're gonna, we're gonna go to FPO now. Um, so I'll bring I'll bring back the FPO um, rankings. Um, but do you um, also, you... not to be discounted, I do want to point out uh, there was a great battle with a one shot difference um, in the advanced division at the charge. I think that's going to be the same battle this year as well for this for the fling uh, between mm -hmm. it was uh, Jaden Watkinson and Sebastian Faulkner. Um, so I, I think yeah. there's going to be a good battle in advanced as well mm -hmm. um, for the FPO. Um, uh, I don't think she's going to go down without a fight. Uh, I'm going to go with Ailish. She's going to take top spot for me this week. Uh, she yeah. lost by one stroke to, uh, what was it? was Kim, Kim wasn't it? Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, that'll put Kim in second. Um, and I'm going to go a sleeper pick. Um, I think she needs to get away and I, I think she's going to enjoy her time down South. I'm going to go with Minky Voister. Uh, Hermine, uh, thank you, South African names. Uh, she's going to come in third. Uh, she's going to have she's going to have a fun weekend. Yeah, look, I've gone for the same top three. Um, I, I think that there's a, there's yeah, I think that there's a there's a there's a very um, there's a lot to be said about one um, the the three ladies that we've picked, and I think that you know if Kim can push Eilish at the at the charge, then I think that she'll be up there um, at the fling. Eilish, we know, has got distance um, and controllable distance. Minky, distance is one of her strengths. Um, if she can, uh, if she can keep that distance under control, then she could do very well here. And uh, and and so, yeah, I'm going for I'm going for those three um, as well. So uh, we shall see how they get on um, when um, the fling occurs this weekend. You can follow um, all of the action from the fling um, on the PDJ Live um, uh, app. Uh, and website um and so you can follow all the hot scores and you can laugh at me and brady when we get the, we get all our picks completely wrong probably um <laughs> or hopefully not when when we uh when we look at those yeah. over the weekend and massive shout out um if you guys are going to the fling this weekend please 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 give a personal thank you uh, to Dave Rose, he is currently. This will make three tournaments in three weekends, from the Trilogy Challenge to the Charterous Bay Charge to the Christchurch Fling. The Fling has 97 players over two courses. Arguably one of the largest tournaments, not necessarily player-wise, but event management-wise mm -hmm. in New Zealand history. So big shout out to Dave for this weekend. Uh, good luck and have fun down there. Totally. Um, now I said I'd come back to it. Um, Morgan talks about New Zealand Tour Fantasy League. Now, um, one of the advantages that doing these calculations gives um, from the data analytics team, the data <laughs> analytics team, is it gives you uh, what's called a dominance index. Now, the dominance index, when compared between players, gives you a percentage chance that each player will win well it's not you don't have to go too far from that to then work out the odds that a player will win um so look out um it'll be launching hopefully in the new year uh sweet chain tipping will be uh making an appearance um which will be your um opportunity to place bets on the new zealand disc golf tour events um now it won't be for money it's not gonna be gambling all right it's just gonna be a bit of fun you'll have a, a thousand bucks to be able to put on what you want and i might put a disc up for the prize but i'm not getting into the whole gambling thing right so please spend your points responsibly um but you'll be able to pick winners you'll be able to do a quinella and all of that kind of stuff so um if you if you if you're interested in the tour and you want to put a little bit more on it and you want to kind of say hey levi you cost me 
2,000 points, then, you know, we'll be able to do that. So uh, look out for Sweet Chain Tipping, which will be coming in the new year. You heard it here, like mic drop, gentlemen. Uh, episode 37, <laughs> Sweet Chain Live. Yeah, Sweet Chain Tipping is coming. Um, yeah, so, boom, so, so look out for that. It, it should be it should be a bit of fun. It, it's designed to just be a bit of fun, essentially. Um, there's a little bit of a, you know, occasionally people get a shout out on here if they do, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if they do that. Um, Brady taking side bits. Uh, I mean, you're, the it, it calculates odds, right? It calculates odds. So if you wanted to put a bet on it, then I'd give you five to one on Levi to, to, to take it out this weekend. Um, but you know, that yeah, that means my $20 bet on Ethan when he takes it out at seven to one is going to pay me more. Uh, it will. It will. Yeah. Yeah. And if it, if it doesn't, then, then, you know, the house always wins. Uh, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, look, so keep, keep an eye out for that sweet chain tipping. It will be coming uh, soon. I'll, um, I'll be uh, probably depending on how, how, how well it goes and how quickly um, a, the data analytics team and B our app development team um, can work together um, to, um, to produce this, then um, it'll hopefully be coming out in the new year. Um, for ready for January, um, yeah. Can't Meanwhile, wait. we'll keep you updated each each time there's an event. We'll keep you updated with the change in the rankings, and I'm going to try and work out some kind of uh, closing credits to this, which will give the rankings change and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Um, we're gonna really we've only got one thing to do left, um, other than talk about the upcoming events, which we'll do at the end, and that's to do Desert Island Disc Golf, Brady. So um, the final thing for you to do is to um is to is to talk about well the premises you're stranded on a desert island um you've been you've got there is a disc golf course on this desert island fortunately um and you've got free discs and free card mates what are you throwing uh well well hold on first like if we're going ugh, you know i i gotta be representing right if i'm gonna be out on this uh desert island here um let's see uh <laughs> might, might as well start with discs you know like this sounds okay. like a good place to start you know like you could kind of start with the you know with a tilt maybe is it going to be windy probably not windy enough um how about one of one a glow buzz signed by paul Macbeth? um Very one good. of 250 nah i mean you could go other ways, you know, like maybe I just want to see my face more because I'm not stranded on a desert island or anything. Right, so, well, so, throw so my we're, own butt. We're not, we're not flexing our disc collection here. Um, I just want okay, to... fine. <laughs> fine. Okay, we'll start with the... Oh. Piece, but uh, there we are. There <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Uh, wrong one. Uh, let's go driver. We're going to go with the uh, Exo um, Enigma. Uh, so Disc okay. Mania Distance Driver. Um, it goes far. Uh, I love mm -hmm. it. Um, shout out to Robert Cranston's for helping me diet. Um, so there's number one for, for people who might not have thrown it. Um, I mean, it's kind of like a nuke. Um, okay. it's, it's a 12, five minus one, two. Um, so mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty flippy, but still pretty kind of stable at the end. Um, so, uh, it's, it's not too bad. Um, uh, it's I use it for controlled hyzer flips, um, you know, like typically out in the like 110 to 120 uh, meter range. Um, so it's pretty much my my distance go to. I throw it off most tees at Barrenport. Mm -hmm. um, for my second disc. Oh, wait. No, sorry. Not that one. Um, <laughs> let's go uh, with a tactic. Um, yeah. Just nice, solid. Yeah. It's soft, super grippy. This one's beaten and pretty straight now. Um, if I'm not throwing the Enigma off the tee, I'm typically throwing a tactic. I use the tactic on all my upshots. It's very mm -hmm. similar to a Discraft zone or to a uh, like a West Side harp. Um, and then for my my putter, because while I love throwing putters, tactics technically a putter. Um, I would throw a. Oh wait, sorry, not that one. Um, <laughs> let's go with the logic. Uh, Logic is, it's nice, rounded, it has no bead, um, not, it's a little bit deep, um, but it still has enough stability. I've never been more confident putting in circle two with this. Um, I pretty much hit cage anywhere inside 20 meters now, which is great. Um, it throws very much like a Luna. 
um, or like an AVR if you're an uh, Innova player. Um, so yeah, those would be my three discs. So it would be the Enigma, the Tactic, and a Logic. Excellent, excellent. And who are you playing with? Um, this was really tough. Um, I was trying to think about it in the sense of, um, you know, like would I want to play with someone like Paul Macbeth, you know, like someone to push my game? Would I want to uh, play with some of the local boys? Um, and so I, I think I've kind of gone with a mix between the two. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I'd really love uh, to play with Bradley Williams. Um, his form is second to none. Um, I know he's had some troubles in the past, um, but he, from everything I've seen of him on camera, um, he just would, one, I'd love watching his form all the time, and two, he's just like a fun, great guy to be around. Um, mm -hmm. So watching him on coverage. So Bradley Williams, number one. Uh, number two, keeping on that fun, um, let's go with Kona Panis. Um, I'm a really great fan of her, her play. She has a great work ethic. Um, I also love the fun that she has on the course. So the idea of just being able to go out there, seeing her hungry, seeing her playful, um, seeing her come up with great shots, um, I think would be great. So she'd be number two. Mm -hmm. um, uh, number three, I honestly don't enjoy playing disc golf more with anybody else. Uh, I have to go with Craig McNabb. Um, so he's old school mate of mine. Uh, if anyone knows him and played with him, he's a, he throws forehand champ beasts. He has five of them. He's had them for probably 30 years. He plays ultimate. Um, most of the candid shots that Flexline gets me laughing are me playing with Craig. Um, so Craig is one of my favorite players to play with. So yeah, I would bring the three of them. Uh, that would be such a dope card with the four of us. Good stuff. Good stuff. Excellent. Thank you very much. Good uh, insight there. And we're not quite sure whether you prefer Discmania or Discraft. We'll have to find out um, soon. Anyway, <laughs> over to our, um, over to our um, uh, quickfire round. So okay. um, are you ready? Yes. What's your name? Brady. Well, Brady where Kush. were you born? Uh, I was born in Vermont, the United States. Where do you live now? I live in Wellington, New Zealand. What's your PDGA number? Is six seven seven one two. How many years have you been playing? Fifteen. What's your favorite disc? Discraft Zone. Uh, what's your favorite course? Vic Park Christchurch. Uh, what's your favorite MPO player? Paul Macbeth. And your favorite FPO player? Kona Panis. Excellent. Excellent. Right. Now, on to the, um, the Safari back nine. Um, yep. We'll start off quite easy. Um, Petoni or Harcourt? Harcourt. Nescafe or Makona? <laughs> oh, God. Really? <laughs> um, Makona. <laughs> Espresso or Long Black? Long. Uh, Middle Earth uh, or... Yeah, Long Black. Middle Earth or Isengard? Ooh, Isengard. Champs or chumps? Champs. Buzz or zone? <laughs> zone. Kona or Missy? Oh, Kona. Vermont or Wellington? Oh, I hate you, Matt. Vermont. <laughs> and the final one, Dismania or Discraft? Oh, dude. Uh... <laughs> Discraft. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Good stuff. No, thank you very much for that, Brady. That was uh, that was very entertaining. Uh, very entertaining. We know you a little bit more now. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, next up, we are going to just quickly go over to uh, the um, upcoming events. Uh, if I can find where I put them. Um. Maybe I can't. Oh, no, uh, yeah, this one's, to be fair, Bray, the new Disc Mania is insane. I'm <laughs> loving all the new stuff they have come out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one in nine. Um, 
Very good. Um, no, so the upcoming events that we've got are the um, uh, this weekend is obviously the Christchurch Fling. Uh, it's also Hosker in Wellington. Um, now, my apologies. I put the event up a little bit late and I couldn't figure out how to put a poll in despite having done it hundreds of times in the past. It didn't work for me. So there was no poll. However, Stuart Clark voted and was the only one who voted uh, and said that he wanted to play a one disc only round. So that's what we're going to do. The, the themed round for... Um, uh, for Hosker tomorrow, not tomorrow, Saturday morning, uh, will be at one disc. You can bring one disc with you, and that's it. You putt with it, you drive with it, you do everything, you scramble with it, um, and that's it. Um, then we'll be playing a championship round afterwards. Uh, two weeks after that, we've got Moonbase in Twizel. Um, that, the, the length of that tournament keeps changing. They've got, I think the last count was 200 holes. I don't know. Um, but there's Liz. Liz, Liz <laughs> Um, uh, Harcourt Heiser um, is on the same weekend on that Saturday. Two weeks after that, North Island Champs up in um, Auckland. Fingers crossed that goes ahead. Um, uh, currently it is, but be 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 very careful um, and, uh, and and keep an eye out. The Wellington Midweek Spring League at Harcourt Park starts on the week on the Wednesday after that on the third of November. Um, the weekend after that is the Todonga Extreme um, at McLaren Falls, um, uh, which was the uh, rearranged tournament from September, uh, earlier early September, I think. Um, yeah. Then, uh, on the, which is the same weekend as Hosca in um, November. Then, then is the Bros for Change charity event, um, which is on the 13th and 14th of November. Now, I've I've had a look at this, and they, they look they're doing some great stuff. Eh? Bros for Change is is awesome. Um, so I really really encourage you to get down to uh, get, get down to Christchurch for for that event. If you can't get into the event because they've sold out, which is likely, um, but if if you can't get into the event, go down and support the event. Um, you know, go and cheer people on and and visit the shops and, and whatever because um, they they will they, they do they do some great stuff and uh, and it, um, very worthwhile uh, charity event and they love their disc golf um, so so big ups to them uh, weekend after that very much looking forward to this one fault line fury up in Wellington it's going to be a crackerjack um, and then uh, the weekend after that is the Wahitapu, um including a warm up event on the Friday Thursday. yep yeah there's a C tier I think the the Friday before. Yeah. Um, and then finally, match player Inglewood, which we've heard nothing about, at least I haven't, um, uh, which is on the 4th of December. Presumably match play doesn't have a place on the tour um, in the new tour standards. Don't know. We'll find out. We'll have to ask. Well, it wasn't that. listed as one of the mm -hmm. major events. It just had North Island champs, South Island champs and national. So the future yeah. of match play, this might be the last match play for New Zealand disc golf. Who knows? And Inglewood's a great place to play it. So uh, if you want to get involved, um, there are lots of holes at Inglewood that can go in lots of different ways. So, uh, so um, yeah, um, that's uh, that's it for us for this week. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Don't forget the Zoom call next Wednesday evening um, on the 6th of October. You can join, which I think is a great thing, by the way, that NZDG are doing is is hosting a Zoom call, not just to go through the, the tour policy, but to answer any questions you might have over their activity to date um i'm sure there'll be some questions um asked at that zoom call so make sure you tune in uh we'll have um any and all highlights from that zoom call on the thursday night and we'll also be going through um whether we got any of our fling picks correct correct um and updating you on the rankings and hopefully we'll have ben back um from um the adelaide traffic jams so um good luck um, there to him. Otherwise, if you're in Christchurch this weekend, have a great weekend. Particular good luck goes to the Wellingtonians who are playing. Uh, Mitch Hudson, Jack Ryan, Minky Vorster, um, who are all taking part. Uh, is there any others, Brady? Do you know from Wellington going down? Uh, Very best of luck. No, not that I know of. I mean, I have to shout out too, if you don't mind, my, my Discmania 1 in 10 mates. Uh, so like Ashton, Isaac, Sebastian, Zach, Mitch, uh, Willie T, um, all you boys down there, uh, do some work, have some fun this weekend. Excellent. Thank you so much, Brady, for joining us and for stepping in at the last minute. And uh, we shall see you um, hopefully in a few weeks time. Um, I'm sure we'll, we'll have you back on the show at some point. Um, and to everybody who's uh, watching and listening, thank you so much. See you next week. Stay safe. Catch up.